Anne of Green Gables. Presented by Inkplot Theatre Company. Part One. You're not too hot out here, are you? Uh, you're welcome to sit inside the shade, uh, keep your mic cooler. Oh, I couldn't possibly be inside on a day like today. Oh, there's so much more scope for the imagination out here. Can't you smell the air? It smells like summertime. It is summertime. I know. Isn't it heavenly? Well, well all right then. Um, you're sure your people know you're coming? Well, Mrs. Spencer told me they did. Oh, but if they don't come to fetch me, I don't mind. I'll spend the night in that tree with those beautiful blossoms. What are they called? Uh, I, I don't rightly know. Oh, they look like paradise itself staked its claim on this earth. Right. Um, will you holler if you need anything? Who could need anything but the sky on such a lovely day? Evening, John. Oh, evening, Mr. Cuthbert. Will the train be along soon? Came and went almost an hour ago. I, there was a passenger left for you, though. Uh, it's a little girl sitting over there. Girl? No, I'm afraid there must be some sort of mistake. I'm expecting a boy. Oh, well, I don't, I don't know about that, Mr. Cuthbert. All I know is Mrs. Spencer dropped off that girl for you. She, she's an odd one, though, I, I tell you. Odd? Excuse me, are you Mr. Matthew Cuthbert? Well, yes, oh, I... Oh, I'm so very glad to see you. I was beginning to be afraid you weren't coming for me. Don't worry, though, I wasn't bothered. Only I worried Mrs. Spencer sent the wrong information ahead. Is that your buggy over there? Yes, I... Oh, it's perfect. Don't mind me none, I can carry my bag myself. It's got all my worldly possessions in it, but it isn't heavy. And if it isn't carried a certain way, the handle tends to pull out, so it's really easier if I carry it anyway. What a beautiful buggy. Like something out of a fairy tale. I might imagine myself in a carriage about to go to the ball. I warned you. Now listen, I... Oh, I'm sorry. I've talked too much, haven't I? Oh, Mrs. Spencer is always telling me to keep my thoughts to myself. Children should be seen and not heard and all that. But I just can't help it. I'm sorry, I don't mean to go on so. I'm just so excited that I'm going to live with you and belong to you. I've never belonged to anyone, you see. Well, that's fine. I... I'm sorry I was late. It's no trouble at all. It gave me time to use the scope of my imagination. Isn't this spot just perfect for imagining? I suppose it is. Here, let me help you out. <laughs> I think this must be the prettiest place I've ever been. Look at these trees. What do you call this place, Mr. Cuthbert? The Avenue, I suppose. The Avenue? Oh, no, it's so much more than that. I will call it the Great White Way of Delight. <laughs> How romantic. Oh, Mr. Cuthbert, just look at that tree over there. With its flowers so lacy and white. What does it make you think of? 
Well, now, I don't know. A bride, of course. Oh, of course it's a bride. How lovely. I don't expect I'll ever be a bride myself. And I'm so homely, nobody will want to marry me. Oh. But I do think having a lacy white dress like that would be my highest ideal of earthly bliss. With puffed sleeves, of course. And I'm so sorry about my clothes and my sleeves. I know they're not very nice, and I did tell Mrs. Spencer, but she said I shouldn't complain so about things that had been given to me, and I suppose she's right. But in the asylum, we never had nice clothes to wear. I don't mind, though. Not at all. It's splendid just to be here with you on this beautiful day. I'm just so glad to be alive. It's such an interesting world, isn't it? Well, no. I'm talking too much again, aren't I? I'm sorry. Do you want me to stop? I can stop if I make my mind up, though it is difficult. No. No. You can talk as much as you like. I don't mind. Oh, I just knew it when I saw you. I knew we were going to be kindred spirits. Oh, Mr. Cuthbert, I feel pretty nearly perfectly happy right now. I can never be truly perfectly happy because, well, look at my hair. Now, what color would you call that? It's red, isn't it? Yes, red. Now you see, don't you? No one with red hair could ever be perfectly happy. I don't mind the other things so much, the skinniness and the freckles. I can imagine them away. But I just cannot imagine away my red hair. Oh, I would give anything, though, to be divinely beautiful. Have you ever imagined what it would be like to be divinely beautiful? Can't say that I have. No, I have. Often. Mr. Cuthbert, how far are we from Green Gables? Not so very far now. You'll see it soon. Marilla Cuthbert, did I see Matthew sitting off in that buggy? Oh, I hope you're all well. He's not gone to the doctor's, is he? No, Rachel, there's no doctor. Don't you be worrying yourself. Well, I surely do, Marilla. With just the two of you up here keeping to yourself and all, I do worry for you. Well, you needn't worry any more. Matthew's gone off to the station. We're adopting a little boy from an orphan asylum over in Nova Scotia, and Matthew's gone to pick him up. You can't be serious. And why not? What on earth put the idea in your head? We've been thinking about it for some time now. Matthew and I aren't as young as we used to be, and we could use a boy around the house to help with the chores and all. Well, Marilla, that is a mighty foolish thing you're doing, and I don't mind telling you. You don't know anything about this boy. Didn't you hear? Oh, it was in the paper, Marilla, about that man and his wife just west of the island who took a boy, and he set the house on fire. Yes, he did, Marilla, and on purpose. Nearly burnt them to crisps in their beds. We'll keep an eye on the boy. Or there was a case in New Brunswick where an orphan put strychnine in the well and the whole family died in agonies. Only in that case, it was a girl. Well, we're not getting a girl. <laughs> Just right, too. Heavens, what would you do with her? Send her right back, I imagine. Oh, That'll be Matthew, I expect. Thank you for stopping by, Rachel, but you'd better get on home. Oh, but I... No <laughs> use scaring the boy with too many people all in one go. You're welcome to stop by tomorrow and see all you like. I suppose. You just be careful, Marilla. Here we are, then.
Why, I think it's the most beautiful house I've ever seen. I think I must have fallen into a dream. Matthew Cuthbert? Who is this? Where's the boy? There wasn't any boy. There was only her. No boy? But we sent word to Mrs. Spencer for a boy. Well, she didn't send one. She sent her. And I couldn't leave her there no matter what the mistake was. Well, this is a pretty kettle of fish. You don't want me. You don't want me because I'm not a boy. I should have known this was all too beautiful to last. Nobody has ever wanted me. I feel I shall burst into tears. Well, there's no need to cry about it. There is too? Why, you would cry too. This is the most tragical thing to ever happen to me. Don't cry. Come on now, stop that. We're not turning you out tonight. Not till we've got things sorted. So, come on, what's your name? Would you please call me Cordelia? Is that your name? Not exactly, but I would so love to be called Cordelia. It's such a perfectly elegant name. What are you going on about? Child, what is your name? Anne Shirley. It's such an unromantic name. Fiddlesticks. It's a good, sensible name. Well, if you must call me Anne, can you please be sure to spell it with an E? What difference does it make how you spell it? It makes all the difference. A-N-N is dreadful. But A-N-N-E looks at least a little distinguished, don't you think? What on earth is she talking about? She has these notions, you know. Oh, Matthew. Here, child, you have to eat something. I couldn't possibly eat. I'm in the depths of despair. Well, get yourself on out of them. If only it were that easy. Haven't you ever been in the depths of despair? No. Have you ever imagined you were? Good lord, do you have a nightgown with you? Yes, ma'am. Well, you go put it on now and go to bed. Perhaps in the morning you'll be less apt to crying. How could I possibly sleep at such a tragical and despairing time? I suppose you'll just have to try. Good night now. Good night? How can you call it a good night when this must be the worst night I've ever had? Now, Marilla, don't, don't look at me Don't you start. Pretty piece of business this is. We'll take her back tomorrow first thing. I suppose so. You suppose? She's a real nice little thing, Marilla. You should have heard her talking on the ride over. Matthew Cuthbert, that child has bewitched you. I can see you want to keep her. Oh, we might be some good to her. And what good would she be to us? She could be some company for you. I'm not suffering for any company. We're taking her back tomorrow. As you say, Marilla. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. Oh, and what a good morning it is. Do you know, when I woke up, I was back in good spirits again. Of course, who could be in poor spirits with that beautiful tree out the window? I don't know how I didn't see yesterday that it was so radiantly lovely. Yes, it blooms plenty, but the fruit never amounts to much. Well, not just the tree, the whole place. Why, Mrs. Cuthbert, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Miss Cuthbert, not Mrs. Oh, I'm sorry. Is Matthew not your husband? Of course not, Anne. He's my brother. Lived here together all our lives. 
I did wonder why you had no children of your own, but that makes perfect sense. Oh, how lovely. I never had a brother myself, or a sister for that matter. Of course, there were plenty of other children at the asylum, but none like that for me. Oh, but I imagine it is just like having a bosom friend for life. You talk far too much for a little girl. Oh, I, I know. Mrs. Hammond was always telling me that. M Mrs. Hammond? Yes, Miss Cuthbert. I was with her for two years. She got me to take care of her children. There were so many of them, I don't know how she managed before. But then Mr. Hammond died, so she moved away and sent me back to the asylum. And the Hammonds, were they good to you? Well, they did mean to be. I know they meant to be as kind and gentle as possible. But I can be so wicked sometimes. I know I am, though I don't know it when I'm doing it. And they had so much on their hands, with two sets of twins and all, that I'm sure I was a bother to them. But they sent you to school. Taught you your prayers? No, I didn't go to school much. Oh, but don't worry, though. I can read beautifully, and I know so many poems by heart. I can recite one for you if you'd like. Perhaps The Lady of the Lake? It's so beautifully romantic. Not just now, Anne. Why don't you go into the kitchen and get a start on those dishes? Oh, don't you know how to wash a dish? Well, I'm sure I can try. I have so much more experience minding children, but I don't expect it'll be too hard. You call if you have any trouble. Matthew, there you are. Just getting the horses all ready. I know you were set on leaving as soon as you could. Matthew, that child has been horribly neglected. Do you know she's never washed a dish in her life? About time someone took her in and brought her up right. Lord, never even been to proper school. Marilla, what are you trying to say? We'll just have to keep her, won't we? I'll have my hands full, but I declare somebody's got to teach her how to behave. Can't get through this world without your share of trouble, and this just goes to show. I suppose we'll have to make the best of it, anyhow. As you say, Marilla... Anne? Oh, is it true? Can I stay? Now, uh, how did oh, you- I'm sorry, but I couldn't help hearing and I was so excited. I didn't mean to drop the dish. I'll repair it at once, I promise. But did you mean it? Oh, Miss Cuthbert, I believe I might cry. How silly to cry when I'm so happy. Anne, stop crying. <laughs> I can't. I am too terribly happy to stop. Anne, now I- just sit yourself in this chair and try to calm yourself. Yes. Now, you may stay, and we will do our best by you, but you must go to school and do your chores and mind Matthew and mind me. Do you hear? Oh, yes, Miss Cuthbert. And that's another thing. You call me Marilla. Never had anyone calling me Miss Cuthbert, and I don't wish to start now. But it feels so disrespectful just to say Marilla. Couldn't I call you Aunt Marilla? Then I could pretend you were my aunt. No. But I've never had an aunt before. And you don't have one now. I won't have people calling me names that don't belong to me. Oh, I'm so excited I could weep with joy. You already have. When shall I go to school? Are there other children there my age? Oh, Marilla, do you think I could hope to find a... a bosom friend here in Avonlea? A what? A bosom friend. You know, a most intimate, kindred spirit with whom I can share my deepest soul. 
I've always dreamt of meeting her, but I never really supposed I would. But now that all my loveliest dreams are coming true, maybe this one could too. The Barrys down the road have a little girl her age, don't they? Diana? Matthew. Diana Barry. Oh, the name itself is one belonging to a princess. Is she very pretty? She's good and smart, which is better than pretty. Oh, I know, but to be beautiful as well. Well, it doesn't matter. We shall have the best of adventures. I can already imagine us as two ladies wandering through this place beautiful enough for the fairies, in long dresses with puffed sleeves and with beautiful jewels. What dresses and jewels? I was only imagining. Well, keep your mind in this world for a moment, will you, Anne? Now, I would like you to go upstairs and put your clothes away. I noticed that you left them strewn across the floor last night. That won't do. You're to fold them nicely and put them where they belong. Do you hear me? Yes, Marilla. Oh, thank you. I shall be as good as can be and do exactly as you say. Oh, my very best dreams are coming true. Lord have mercy. I suppose I'll go put the horses away. Doesn't seem like we'll be needing them today. Marilla, I've been hearing some surprising things about you and Matthew. I admit they surprise me a bit myself. Oh, but couldn't you have sent her back? You know Matthew. He's so soft-hearted. And he took such a fancy to her, he almost insisted we keep her. I can hardly imagine. And she is a sweet thing, I suppose. A little wild, of course. But that'll be fixed with a proper upbringing. Why, speaking of... Anne, dear, there you are. Come in. What's that in your hands? Apple blossoms. They were too beautiful not to pick. Oh, I know it is sorrowful to cut them short in the prime of their beauty, but they were just too terribly tempting. Anne, say hello to Mrs. Rachel Lind. She lives next door. Hello, Mrs. Lind. <laughs> well, they didn't choose you for your looks, that's sure and certain. <laughs> She's terribly homely and skinny, Marilla. And did anyone ever see such freckles? Oh, and hair as red as carrots, my word. Rachel... I hate you, you wicked, wicked woman. How dare you call me skinny and ugly? How dare you say I'm freckled and redheaded? How dare you say such things about me? I say... Anne! You are a rude, unfeeling woman, and I don't care if I have hurt your feelings by saying so. I hope I hurt them, for you have hurt me worse than ever before, and I will never forgive you, never, ever. Anne, surely... Have you ever seen such a temper? You shouldn't have twitted her about her looks, Rachel. Marilla Cuthbert, you don't mean to tell me you are upholding that wild display? Of course not. She behaved badly, and I'll have a word with her. But she's not been raised right. She doesn't know how to act correctly, and you were too hard on her. Well, I say, Marilla... I see I shall have to be careful what is said around here. You can't expect me to come back here in a hurry. Not if I'm to be insulted like this. Good day to you. Anne, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. She had no right to call me ugly and redheaded. 
I know it's true, but she ought not to say it. Still, you shouldn't have flown into such a temper. Now Mrs. Lynde has a fine story about you, and you know she'll tell it to anyone who will listen. I don't care. How would you like it if someone called you skinny and ugly? And I don't say that she was right to call you that. She can be too outspoken sometimes. But that is still no excuse to behave the way you did. You'll go and apologize to her at once. I'll do no such thing, for there's nothing I'm sorry for. Anne? I'll never do it. Punish me however you like. Lock me up in a dungeon, but I won't. Well, we're not in the habit of locking people in dungeons here in Avonlea, but you will stay in this room until you apologize. Then I will stay here forever. Lord have mercy. Call me skinny and ugly. Call me red-headed. I've never met a more horrid woman in all my life. Anne? Everything all right? No. I'm afraid I'm to be shut up here forever. It will become rather lonesome, I suppose, but I'll have to make my peace with that. I see. Isn't there some way you could end this sentence? I won't do it, Matthew. I won't apologize to Mrs. Lynde. What she said was unforgivable, and I'm not sorry for what I did. Now, Anne, it will have to happen sooner or later. Marilla's a dreadfully determined woman. Why not have it done now and be freed from your prison by supper? I don't see why Just I have- Just smooth it over. Come on, Anne. For me? I suppose... I could do it to oblige you, if you like. I'm not sorry for what I said. But, oh, but I am sorry if I've upset you at all. Or Marilla. I'd do anything to make you happy. And I didn't mean to make such a poor impression. I do so want to belong to you and to Avonlea. I don't want Mrs. Lynde to hate me. She couldn't hate you, Anne. But I did say such wicked things to her. I behaved awfully. I think that might be just what she wants to hear. How humiliating, though, to say it. But if you really want me to, of course, I'll do it. That's my girl. Only don't you mention to Marilla that I said anything. She doesn't want me putting my oar in. Wild horses couldn't drag the secret out of me. Good morning, Rachel. Well, Marilla... I didn't expect to see you around here in a hurry. Nor did I. But, well, there's someone here who has something to say to you. Go ahead, Anne. Mrs. Lynde, I am so dreadfully sorry. I should never have flown at you or called you those horrible things. Even if they were true, I should not have said them. I could never express my sorrow to you even if I used up a whole dictionary. I've disgraced my friends, Matthew and Marilla, who have let me stay at Green Gables even though I am not a boy. I was very wicked, and I deserve to be cast out and punished forever. But oh, Mrs. Lynde, please, say you will forgive me. My goodness! Get up, child! There, there, of, of course I forgive you. I suppose I might have been a... Little too hard on you to begin with. It 
can't be denied that your hair is terribly red. Uh, but I went to school with a girl whose hair was every bit as red as yours, and when she grew up, it darkened to a real handsome auburn. I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happened to you. Oh, do you mean it? Mrs. Lind, you have given me hope. I could endure anything if I thought my hair should turn to auburn. And it just might. Marilla, did you hear? Yes, Anne. Now, why don't you go play in the yard while I talk to Mrs. Lind? Oh, of course. Mrs. Lind, you have the most beautiful yard. Those apple trees lend such scope to the imagination. <laughs> why? Thank you. Run along, Anne. Well, she is an odd little thing, Marilla. And there's no denying her temper. But I do understand now you and Matthew taking her in. On the whole, I have to say I'd rather like her. I thought so, Rachel. She does have a strange way of expressing herself. But once you get to know her, well, you see. Indeed, I do.